Good morning. Good Do you know evening. what makes my heart skip a beat every single week? That second where our intro just doesn't play. And <laughs> we both sit there like, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> For those who have zero context, Laura and I FaceTime each other during these shows. <laughs> we sit there dead silent, just staring each other down. Both Panic. muted on FaceTime, just like, and now we start. <laughs> <laughs> It's very stressful. The thing that doesn't, well, makes my heart skip a beat in another way is our intro. I just really uh, like it. It so was edited joy. by Laura. Yeah. Um, and I just love it. I am enjoy. a music production guru. I did use um, <laughs> YouTube and Audio Clipper. So, and you know. GarageBand. Well, actually, no, I she didn't. tried to use GarageBand and no. she couldn't. I used also, I just realized. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I said garage, like, is that how you yeah. guys say it? Was no, that, I was about yeah. to pull you off on that garage. Unless you're really posh and you say garage. No, but I don't know. No, it's, it's a garage. No, it's a garage. Ga- garage. Damn it. What it, no. It's Americans garage. say garage. Right. It doesn't even sound like a real word anymore. Yeah. Garage. The point is, the first way I said it was not the way I said it. The second way I said it is the way I said it. Okay. Say it. Okay. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> It's going to be a long show. <laughs> I don't know if either of us are in the mind space. <laughs> We've both come back from spring break. We're still feeling lazy. Yeah. We don't want to do the work. Not even that this is work, but no, know, we didn't want it's to just, do the prep um, work. So we're yeah, no. <laughs> this is definitely the least prepared our show has been. And last week our show was like spin a wheel, talk about something. So yeah. Um, and we somehow have got less prepared than that, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, quite impressive, opinion. actually. But today's topic is Jacqueline Wilson, <laughs> which I'm super excited about. I don't know about like you, Laura. Well, I do, but um, <laughs> we just me, talked about it. Was... <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> I am excited. <laughs> uh, Jacqueline Wilson was just like a staple of my childhood. Every book that came out, I had like, you know, I'd run down to the library and like get it, and like. Any store we were in, mum just knew to be like, do you have Jacqueline Wilson books? Um, I just loved her. And it's interesting because she's actually not a very big thing over here in Australia. Like I think we've got like two of her books in the bookshop I work at. Um, Which one? But I just kind of, hmm? Which one? Well, I ordered them, so oh. the suitcase kit <laughs> and fairy floss or candy floss, floss. Candy floss. Um, which, Yeah. <laughs> So if you're ever in the area, they're the two you can get from uh, <laughs> Um But, yeah, she wasn't a big thing here and I just kind of found my niche with her and I just loved everything she wrote so much. Um, it was yeah. quite funny when, like, you came to Scotland and I remember having that first conversation where it's like, did you read Jacqueline Wilson? And it's like, Laura, every single person read Jacqueline <laughs> Wilson. Like, I was no. a big fan. I was, like, more than normal, like, as I often was when it came to books. Um like I was subscribed to her magazine. I used to send letters into like her PO box. I used to send her stories. She never replied. I know she read them. I know she appreciated them. Um, she definitely I read did. every single. Th- I remember like waiting for Lily Alone, the last whale song, all the Hattie Feather sequels. I remember like like literally the night before being like I can't breathe. Um, <laughs> it was a very exciting life. Uh, no, she's just fake. Um, before we get into that, Laura, you know the question. It's the question on everybody's mind every time of this week, time of day. This Anyway, yep. point is, what are you reading? Um, <laughs> well, I'm still reading Little Woman, but honestly, right now I'm reading um, 
essay stuff and it's very boring and yeah. I want to go back to Little Woman. I miss it. I miss Joe. I miss Beth. I miss Amy. I miss Meg. I miss Marnie. Can we take a moment of silence for all the terrible essay papers, not the essay papers, research papers mm-hmm. that exist that we are forced to read? Okay, moment's over. Yeah. I miss Joe, Amy, Beth and March all the time. Beth yeah. and March? March? <laughs> I got distracted halfway through and for some reason then went with the faraway tree and was about to say Beth and Fanny and I was like that's not it and then I just jumped to March in like a panic. Oh I do also miss Beth and Fanny. Oh I miss those guys. We've lost you there Laura. It's Joe as well it's Joe, Beth and Fanny. Oh is it? Oh okay. Yeah. We lost you for a minute there. So yeah, I got Sorry, guys. excitement on air. <laughs> I did it last week as well. I just like to disappear oh. every now and again. <laughs> Keep everyone on their toes. Yeah, oh, where's she um, gone? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Now, Little Women. Where are you reading? Like, I am read. I read five books in the past week, thanks to spring breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they were. Can I tell you more? Because they were all really good. Yeah. And I recommend them all. So I'm going to tell you them all. Go for it. There was The Girls I've Been, which is like this con artist, this girl who was raised by her mum and her mum was a con artist, so she was involved in all these cons. And it like recounts all the different cons she did and like runs alongside her time when she's in a bank robbery. Um, And she obviously has like con her way out. Um, It was really, really well written. It was really cool. And then I read Wonderland by Juno Dawson. Um, which came out like last year, but I just hadn't got to it yet. And it was mm. so good and so weird. It's like a reimagining of like Alice in Wonderland, but like all the characters are like high teenagers, all like on acid trips, and like of course it's you just can guess what world the caterpillars are. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know why it hasn't been done yet. <laughs> exactly, um, and they're all in like high society as well, so they're all Ooh. you know, yeah. it's very cool. Um, but it's also, like, kind of trippy. So I didn't like it to begin with, but then it kind of just got going and it was really good. Um, and then what else did I read? Then I read Perfect on Paper, um, and that was great. That's a girl who's running, like, a love advice business out of her locker at school, like, illegally and making, Jeez. like, 50 bucks a week off it. It's <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and, of course, she gets caught and everything. Um, and then what else did I read? Oh, and then I finished Anna Karenina, which I was pretty proud of. But I think I finished that last week, so maybe that's only Anna Karenina? Books. Yeah, you talked about <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> it's not even four books. Hang on, I'm missing one. That's three. You said five before, I think. <laughs> yeah, including Anna Kay. Oh. Okay. But if we disinclude Anna Kay, I'm still only on three. I've read something else, but I can't remember what it was. Anyways, they were all really good. Um, oh, it was Patrick Ness more than this. Oh. About a exciting. boy who dies and then he, he's alive and no one knows why. Oh. It was pretty cool. Oh. Very Anyways, Patrick so that's Ness. what I'm reading. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you reading next? Uh, next, I think I'm going to read um, The Prison Healer. It's the new Ooh. YA book that's out. Um, right, it's come out. Street? Yeah, it's about this girl in prison who's a healer. What? <laughs> <laughs> no way. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I'm having my YA, YA moment at the moment. Yeah, and I'm Oh, and I read the play for English today. That was the other one as well. Is it's it fine. good? Done. I've not touched it yet. It's really good. You're going to like it. I don't actually know what it is. Is it Zinni Harris? 
maybe. Yes. Okay. For those okay, I can um, do that listening, the play is called The Furthest from the Furthest. Further, than the furthest, further from the Furthest Thing. And it's really cool. There's a bit of murder in it, um, a little bit of mystery. There's some colonialism. It's great for anyone who's like in you know, the English lit. Go for it. Do you know there's any Harris on the teaching staff here? Oh, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah, she's running oh, a module I actually on, like this on it. Oh, cool. oh, she will. I might take. Oh, okay. That's made me excited. I should have told you that because now everyone's going to be like putting that module choice like first, and I put it first. So. <laughs> oh, that opens today. Sorry, <laughs> anyone in second year English. <laughs> is that a first? Sorry, I'm really sorry for everyone on air is not in this thing. Is that first come first serve? No, no. Okay. All right. Anyway, moving on from that. That's all I needed to know before you both hung up these on. Oh, yeah. Uh, goodbye. Module choices. We don't talk to each other anymore. Back to Jacqueline Wilson. Yes. That, oh God, that was a tangent. Yeah, that was like seven tangents. I don't – and it was all my fault. I take full responsibility for that. I'm sorry. <laughs> so my, my personal favourites of Jacqueline Wilson were Cookie, the suitcase kid, and um, my current one, which is, like, pretty new, is Love, Frankie. What were yours, Laura? Um, I'm finding it really hard to, like, whittle it down. Okay, I think I would – oh, okay, this is really hard. Um, Candy Floss, I'd say, is up there. I'm going to have to go back to my Google search. Hang on. Oh, can I add Little Darlings, please? I really like that one as really? well. Really? Little Darlings? Yeah. I thought it was okay. And my sister Jodie. Well, I just kind of always have wanted someone to be like, hey, by the way, you're actually famous. The Illustrated Mum, Hetty Feather, uh, Dustbin Baby, Lola Rose. I really loved Lola Rose. I really, really loved Lola Rose, like a lot. The Diamond Girls. I loved all of them. Like, I, I can't really – oh, Midnight. That's my other one. <laughs> yeah. Midnight. Why do you like Midnight? Midnight could be – thought of as my sexual awakening in many ways <laughs> I just loved it it's not even that sexual I just it was just so angsty it was like twilight but like <laughs> but like for a 12 year old it was amazing <laughs> not, not that Remember I wasn't reading twilight when I was 12 but <laughs> for everyone listening we've just found the root issue of Laura's obsession with Edward Cullen and it is Jack <laughs> oh, Wilson no. who are we blame <laughs> I can't even really remember what happens at midnight I just remember loving it um, I don't remember either, but I remember, I just remember so clearly, like, the character description. Yeah. Of, like, her, like, like midnight black hair, and I was like, that's just, that's, that's dark hair. That's dark. <laughs> <laughs> that's real dark. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I do find really funny with you and me, Laura, though, is we always like the same stuff, but we like it for completely different reasons. Like, all yeah, your favourites. Like- Jacqueline Wilson's are the ones that I was like yeah they were all right but they weren't my favorites but we both love Jacqueline Wilson I had a big thing with suitcase kid but even oh no sorry I'm getting confused I was thinking of um best friends suitcase kid was very good I take that back I loved suitcase kid Suitcase my mother will tell you that I read that back to front like 50 times I don't know which one I read the most I read Hetty Feather a lot and I did love Hattie Feather. I, I've just always loved a period drama. I've always loved a period drama. Yeah, I've never got behind him. I'm always like, no, if it can't happen to me, I don't want to read about it. 
I'm the opposite. I'm like, if I can like put myself out of this, then it's for me. Like if I can just like stop perceiving myself for a moment, just then I everything. want it. It says everything you know need to know about either of us. Right yeah, I'm like, please do not. Please do not reflect myself in this. That's the last thing I want to see. That's disgraceful. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> We've got great self-esteem. It's fine. Yeah, no, we um, do. I think the one I actually read the most by like default was Cookie because I have it on Talking Book and like still yeah. to this day, if I have to clean my room like properly, like deep clean it, I pull out the old clock that plays CDs still, <laughs> and I put in my Cookie CD and I listen to that for the whole day while I like throw all the stuff around my room and like clean it out. And I, I still really love it. feel like Jacqueline Wilson has got every single kind of story she wrote. She wrote two, two versions of it. So for me, Cookie and Lola Rose were kind of the same story, but told very differently. And one's about like, you know, kind of a privileged rich girl and one's about kind of a poorer girl. And I, I think she did that a lot. Like she would tell the same story, like sometimes for a younger audience and then an older audience, sometimes for like a more diverse audience. Sometimes, I don't know. It was, I think she just did it a lot and it was interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point that I hadn't like, thought about I feel like I need some time to think about that but you're probably right I mean I don't generally like to tell you you're wrong because I always end up being wrong um like um little darlings and secrets rich rich people telling that story poor people telling that story everyone oh, you're actually comparing... both of them had a rich and a poor I take it back all the ones you're comparing I have like a very good memory of one and no memory of the other so you, exactly you're I think everyone right. prefers like one or the other yeah yeah and like Vicky Angel and my sister Jody felt like yes. the same yes. book, but also not. Like I still would recommend both of them separately. Yeah, and they're separate books so, with separate events. And it's not even like she's copied and pasted the plot because it is very different. It just has like similar central themes. Vibes. It's the vibes. Yeah. But I also think when you've written over 100 books, you're going to repeat like, you know, things. I, I don't even think it was deliberate. I think just sometimes things got repeated. And I'm not against that. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I think as well it's this idea that Jacqueline Wilson had like a patented, patented you know what I'm saying, yeah. um, like approach. Like mm. she had Nick Sharon illustrate. You can recognise a Jacqueline Wilson book from like 10 paces away. Exactly. No problem. Like when we got like Love Frankie and I was like, that's Jacqueline Wilson. I didn't even mm. like see the name. I was just like, it's her. Um like she had such like a structured and like planned approach that all of her books are the same because she was on to something yeah it's like with um you know when you see like the like the Geronimo did you ever read Geronimo Stilton the comic books like the babysitters mm -hmm. club babysitters mm -hmm. club they have 150 books and they all are the exact same in the sense that they have like same characters an issue with the plot yeah. a resolution a nice like message at the end um, but I read every single one of them because I loved them all. And like it's Ina just like Blyton. when you're on Peter Blyton, exactly. Kill the parents. Kids <laughs> have some fun. Like go crazy. Roldal, like they all had this and they're all the most successful childhood authors because kids knew what they liked. And if these authors mm. could replicate what kids liked, they were gonna make millions. Exactly, yeah. And I so think, I'm now trying to think of ideas for how to write a child's book. 
But we'll get there. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll figure out. It's, it's a moneymaker. I think exactly. what she did really well was, you know, most of these kind of these children's authors who would write essentially the same book over and over. Um, she it worked so well for her at the time she did it. I think because she was doing interesting issues. She wasn't just doing like kids go to an island and find treasure. And I mean, she did do that, but she also Enoch did like. Wait, no, I love you. Oh, good. Okay, continue. <laughs> I'm an I think I spaced out at the start of your sentence and then I got the second half. Of your <laughs> <sentence>. <laughs> so, so she could do those things. She did like, you know, Five Kids and It, and she did lots of stories where it was just fun. But she also would go like, well, you know, kids aren't just having fun. Like kids have divorced parents. Kids have parents who are dying. Kids are caring for siblings and other people. Kids get bullied. Kids, you know, all these things are happening to children and they want to see themselves in that book. And yeah. she did it. She did that really well. And like, it wasn't forced, but it was still really, really interesting. Like it was still like yeah. really dramatic. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. And Jacqueline wasn't just, oh, she does that so well. And, like, we talked about all the tropes, and I think we're going to discuss a few of them. But it is this idea of, like, kids, there are things we know that, like, not all kids, but we, there's things we know that a group of children go through. Yeah. Like, a group of children every year go through having divorced parents. Mm -hmm. um, like, and it's a major part of their childhood. We all, and then it's a group of children who go through having a parent who dies, and that's a major part of their childhood. Like, yeah. And she manages to somehow dis dissect all these things and tell it in a way that if it even remotely happened to you, the character feels 100% real and you feel mm -hmm. like you are that character. Even though, like, even though in the whale song, like, their mum died of, in a coma, well, actually, I can't remember if she died or not, but like mum was in a coma from like something specific and it may have been something different for you and your parent, but it's close enough and like also um, kind of like applicable enough, like kind of loose, loosely told enough that it can be your only situation. Yeah. yeah. I think as well there was kind of a safety to her that you could read about someone going through what you're going through but no one's going to die and no one's going to do anything horrifically crazy. And like, okay, yeah, sometimes people died. Sometimes people think they were crazy. But like, you know, generally no one in her books, no one died beyond the beginning. Or I think apart from my sister Jodie is the only one I can think of. I think the key actually, and I think you're onto it, but I think it's a little bit different. I think what she's actually saying is like, not that no one's going to die, but that at the end you're okay. Yeah, the exactly. main character is always yeah. okay, and I think that was that piece of hope that like every like every young girl needed in some way in some situation yeah. they needed to be reminded that at the end they're still standing. And I think as well, it, it meant that you could explore the things that you're going through, and as much as you know, things aren't always going to end up okay for you, you could go through that and think it through, and know that it's going to be okay at the end of this story. And like, it just gives you hope, and it just gives you like. I don't know reassurance totally and she wrote and that about um about Lola Rose she based Lola Rose on like a letter she got from a little girl that was like can you write a book about someone whose mom has cancer because my mom has cancer and I don't know what to do and I'm really scared and she kind of wrote back and was like oh I'm really sorry this has happened like I've had many friends who have had cancer and they've, they've survived and I'm sure it'll be okay and she heard from her again like in a few months and the girl her mom had died and she was like 
I'm really like thank you for replying this is what's happened and obviously like you know she feels like she really knows Jacqueline Wilson and she she'll tell mm-hmm. her this sort of stuff so she wrote a book where at the end the mom's not better and she doesn't recover but she doesn't die and there's like this like I don't know security and she couldn't promise that the mum wouldn't die because she was writing it for this girl whose mum did die but she also was like things are going to be okay though and like you know life will go on and I don't know it was really sweet I remember reading that interview and just being like that is that is the sweetest thing like she just took it she took her responsibility very seriously is what I mean yes I yeah and I believe that's what makes um Jacqueline Wilson and all these authors we're talking about like Ana Blyton Emily Snicket I think as well um Roald Dahl they all took their work and their impact on children like incredibly seriously and Mm -hmm. even I think about like Jacqueline like when you said that she feels that she knows her um and that she like trusts Jacqueline Wilson like the girl who wrote about Lola Rose um I think that's so true. I think if I sat down with like Jacqueline Wilson in a coffee shop, I'd feel like I could yeah, tell her everything. Me too. Like no I, I, one's bad. I like I honestly feel like I could have done it. I, I mean, I did. I wrote letters. Like I would. I don't know what I was writing, and they're nothing that serious. <laughs> that's probably why I didn't get a reply because she was probably getting letters from like kids going through some really serious stuff, and she's like, "I can be a point of consistency for you, where you read my book, and it's gonna start the same way, middle the same way, end the same way." And it's going to be exciting, but it's also going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's totally, that was her whole message the whole way through was it's yeah. going to be okay. Yeah, and exactly. I can't think of a time where she ever, where I, she ever didn't fulfill that message. Yeah. Like, I can't think of a book that I finished and was like, I still don't feel okay. Like, and it also was like never unrealistic. You know, like you had really serious situations of, you know, children and mothers escaping abuse and the children being like, I just want to go back to dad. Like, that's all I want to do. And she couldn't make that the ending. She couldn't make him apologize and make him better. So she was like, well, it's going to be okay. It's just not going to be what you think. And like yes, teaching exactly. to kind of accept a different ending than what they've been taught to accept. I don't know. That's what totally. I think. What they've been, what they think they want. And yeah, exactly. the thing I also like is it wasn't even like, well, you can't go back to dad's so bad luck. Yeah. It was like, take, take a moment and think about why you actually don't want to go back to dad. Mm-hmm. Um, like there was all those kinds of things as well where it was more it was less of like a well you can't have it bad luck and it was a this is why it can't happen that way yeah exactly um, and like explaining and I think, these kind of really grown-up situations to kids in a way that they you know they see the answer themselves they don't they don't go that they're not constantly being told like you need to do this this is what's going to happen you kind of come to that conclusion yourself like a great exactly. one for me Lily alone where she's her mom's kind of gone off on holiday with a boyfriend and accidentally but like not really she's you know she's she's it's ended up that her kids are looking after themselves and they're like really young and yeah literally it wasn't her fault like she was she was trying to sort out she didn't really try enough mm. and the whole time the girl's kind of defending her mom and she's like no like she wouldn't do this she doesn't mean it and like I would rather be alone than with a grown-up and with one of her boyfriends or whatever but then it gets to a point where she realizes that actually, you know, she lives that experience and she realizes that that's not okay and she shouldn't have to be going through this and that there's a kind of a better scenario that they can be in. I think that's just a really good example of her taking like a childish point of view where like, I just want to be with mom and everything's fine and I'm grown up and I can deal with it. And like showing us how that's actually not that representative of life. 
like in a really mature way. And I kind of want to circle back on what you just said about taking these really grown-up situations and making them Mm -hmm. understandable to kids. Yeah. I think that is so insanely important because the kind of like irony of all that is that grown-ups insist on putting children in these grown-up situations. And it's not like it's not the parents' fault, but as much as they're grown-up situations and we think of divorce and things like that as something that only needs to be like worried about by the parents Mm -hmm. but Jacqueline Wilson always sees that as much as it's a grown-up situation these kids are in it yeah and they need help yeah um and I think that's really interesting because it it blurs that line completely between what is what is a child's business and what is an adult but it Mm -hmm. blurs it in a way that I think needs to be blurred and considered yeah um I think yeah I don't know. I just think she does a fantastic job of it. I just really love her. I just think she's amazing. I just think I don't have a bad word. I mean, I think the only thing we could say is the books aren't horrifically diverse yes. in terms of race. I can only think of one black character off the top of my head. I can't think of any. <laughs> Princess from Cookie. Black? Um, Oh, that's really oh, bad. Oh, not the main character. Sorry. No, no, I know. I know who you expectations. Yeah. No, I know who you mean, but I didn't even realise she was black. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, she the illustrations. Black. No, no, she's black regardless because, I mean, she doesn't say she's black. She's got, um, like, braids and. Yeah, that went over my head. And then she's illustrated. Just... But... Maybe others went over her heads, actually, to be fair. Yeah, that's but I do a good agree point. with you there. I'm not sure that the diversity is super present. I don't ever remember a main character not being white. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that also that generally could come from the time that they were written in. That mm-hmm. I think, you know, it it might have been from a, a power beyond Jacqueline Wilson. I I would like to believe that it wasn't really her, but that's probably a bit naive. But um. I agree. Um, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt in this. Yeah. But I. But the, the thing is, nowadays only... she could be doing more. Like, she's yeah. a very big name and it's a very different world. She could be doing more. I agree. And, like, Love Frankie came out last year. Mm. Nada. Um, although that's diverse in a whole other realm. Um, but who says we can't intersect? Yeah, exactly. Um, I do think it's unfair, though. I mean, not unfair, but the only reason I want to give her the benefit of the doubt is because she was so influential. Um, yeah. And that doesn't mean we shouldn't criticise her, you know. And I think as well, I mean, not but, you know. she explored issues that often run adjacent to race. So things like poverty, um, those sorts of things, that, at least in the UK, statistically affect people of colour a lot more than white people. So I think mm-hmm. she definitely explored issues like that in, in a way that... I mean, it wasn't. I mean, I'm trying to. I'm just kind of trying to defend her here, and it's not very good. <laughs> but I, I don't know. I just think, I think she did a lot, a lot of representation outside of race that was very good. But it's not the same. Like it's not enough. My only thing, and I know this isn't, this is not correct at all of her. Um, but my only thing is, she doesn't actually stay to race. Like, at no point does she say this girl is yeah. white or this girl yeah. is black or anything. And my mm-hmm. only thought about why her main characters aren't more diverse is perhaps she's avoiding all of that to just let that, like, character be something yeah. we can project ourselves onto. I definitely think um, that's true. And I think 
I can get why you would do that and I can get yeah. especially writing in the 90s early 2000s why why you would do that but I think yeah. we've kind of really seen how negative an effect that can have because nine times and out of ten when that character is illustrated and when that character is put on screen we assume whiteness and we assume you know you can then you I think, be like she was you know it's like a Hermione thing where you know JK Rowling's like oh in my mind she was black and like you guys were just racist and it's like no you you led us to believe like as much as you didn't say yes. race you know you didn't I feel like if you don't say it explicitly whiteness is going to be assumed at least in the UK so exactly. I don't know that's what I was gonna say is it's all well and good if you're allowing this character to be raceless so that it can be projected onto yeah. but when you allow a character be, to be raceless you are like implicitly giving permission for it to be white yeah yeah definitely um and what we've you, seen is like diversity won't just come like it has to be forced the exactly. uk publishing system the uk media they they're not going to just do that they're not going to just let that yeah. happen it has to be kind of pushed through totally um yeah I agree and I think I don't know yeah no I agree with all of that I felt like I had an objection to something there but I didn't do more Jacqueline Wilson you can do more yeah and that's the thing is I think I think it comes across as though we're like criticizing as though we always expect too much from our like authors and like celebrities and everything but I think saying hey you're doing an amazing job is where I think you could do better is perfectly okay I think that's kind of the basis of this whole show is I think if someone just listened to our show casually, they'd be like, God, these girls really hate YA. Like they just go in on it. But it's because we have like, a this is so cheesy. Like we have a genuine kind of respect for the genre. Like there's a love for it that we're both like, it's really frustrating when you're doing such a good job at so many things, but you're just letting things down when it comes to like sexuality, misogyny, racism, homophobia, because then we just can't like love it all the way. Like if you just yeah. worked hard and like listened to your audiences and did these things, it would be so much better. Like it's something I worth saving agree. to us. <laughs> I mean, and it may not be obvious to our listeners, but Laura and I do this because we love what we're talking about, not because we're like, <laughs> we have something like we want to scream about. <laughs> not because we want to tear these works to shreds. Um, <laughs> even though some of them we do. Yeah. Um, but I think that's completely true is we're doing this because we love it and loving something does not give permission for us to not hold it accountable. Exactly. Um, and I think that's also where we end up when we say like, oh, would we pass it on? Um, and we end up at this crossroad, Laura, you seem to come up with a lot um, up to is, yeah, I'd pass it on, but only if they can see the flaws. Um, yeah. And I think why we do this show and it's just me speaking for me but I think a portion of why we do this show is the fact that when we were younger we couldn't always see these things but we want to see them now yeah, definitely um mm-hmm. and yeah like I'd never I'd actually until you said that I'd never thought about diversity within Jacqueline Wilson like I really just hadn't um and I think I thought she was like not diverse diverse isn't the right word but in the issues she presents, she definitely had a bigger um, yeah. reach than a lot of other authors. Um, but I'd never thought of it. And, like, I just think it's so important to, like, reflect on, like, the works that kind of, like, you know, made us the humans we are and think mm-hmm. about where they fall short and where they didn't. Exactly. Um, oh, that was a full tangent. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I don't know. I think that's a good point. I feel like she does a lot of good stuff. She did a lot of good stuff for both of us, shaped us both in a very positive way. But emotional crutch in the entirety of my childhood. Yeah. That comes because we were very able to access her books as white people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The total. And I think that's something that I, I mean, I never understood it when I was little and I'm still kind of understanding it now is the privilege I bring to a book in myself. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. And just how, how lucky I am to read books that reflect um, my myself and my situations and my experiences and even my thoughts and, like, ideas and my morals um, are so regularly ref- not you know what I mean by morals not saying I'm like on board with no diversity or anything like that I mean <laughs> yeah. morals like as in like in when like western thinking is reflected in mm-hmm. books I understand it and it's a part of like um it makes sense to me and I'm still more and more realizing like the privilege that that is to be able to just pick up yeah. a book and not have to like fight your way through it I guess yeah definitely becomes very, like, a lot more accessible yeah. Song? Can we go to a song? Song? Yeah. <laughs> Music? So, we thought this week, if you didn't know, Taylor Swift is re-releasing her Fearless album, which had a profound effect on both of us. Yeah. Um, much like Jacqueline Wilson. Yeah, almost the same as Jacqueline Wilson. Yeah. And it came out in 2008, which is about when Laura and I were oh, reading all these. Also, we just want to play Taylor Swift. So, like, just let us leave. We're not justifying it. We're just playing it. <laughs> we're just going to play it. Um, so to get you in the mood, this is The Way I Loved You by Taylor Swift.
classic. Oh, just the best. Loved this. It was such a great, I mean, total tangent, but it was such a great expression of like when you care for someone, but you like don't love them. Yeah. Like just missing them, but. Yeah. And also just being in like a relationship that like isn't, isn't right and knowing that it's not right because of like a relationship you've already had. Yeah. Yeah. Which segues us into oh. <laughs> way. Um Jacqueline Wilson and Love Frankie. So for those of you who don't know, Jacqueline actually you've probably got a better grip on this, Laura, because I didn't actually know that she came out. So correct me if I'm wrong, Jacqueline Wilson like recently came out like a few years ago, like two? No, no, she came out when Love Frankie came out. Oh, okay. So last year. Yeah. Um, right. So Jacqueline Wilson is 78 and came out last year, but she's had a partner for a while. Um, but she was married before. Uh, that was such a stupid sentence. She was married to a man before she um, started dating her partner. I was going to say got with her partner. And I was like, that's just not an appropriate no. expression. It's <laughs> like a night out. <laughs> yeah, just... They got together, stayed together for like 10 years. <laughs> Anyway, so before she um, started dating a new partner, she was married. And that was the thing Laura and I were talking about earlier is this mm. idea of, like, being married to someone that you aren't, like, attracted to in that way but that you care for very deeply and, like, how hard yeah. it is to, like, leave that kind of relationship. Um, but the reason she came out is because Love, Frankie is her first story that stars um, a gay main character. Um and it was I don't think it was released with like much objection, was it? Like no one no, like panicked or anything. Any. If if um, there was, it was very like it there was it was nothing compared to the positivity. Like I think everyone was very ready for it. Everyone was very excited yeah. for it. And I think that's an interesting thing that um maybe that excitement says that it's been too long. Yeah. Like you know, know, I mean Yeah. Yeah, in an industrial sense, like not like you know, Jacqueline Wilson. You should have done this years ago. You can do this whenever you want. Like this is your story. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think I think I, I would have liked to have seen a book like this when I was that age, and I think that the world would have been ready for it then. Yeah, yeah, um, and I think Laura and I were speculating earlier, purely speculation. We've got no idea how it came about or what happened, but we were kind of wondering whether this is that Jacqueline Wilson didn't want to write it yet or whether, you know, publishers were holding it back mm. um, based on, like, backlash and, like, concerns about that. Um, but I think it would have been a very different... I think we could have been a very different generation if it, if it had have been out then. Yeah, I um, agree. Like, when we were, you know, 10, 11, 12. Um, but nonetheless, it's a really good book. I read it last year because if we haven't made it clear to you all, <laughs> we really love Jacqueline Wilson. <laughs> Um, and I will read anything that she has even, like, come close to working on. Um, and it was really well done. Laura, you haven't read it. Um, no, no. I'm just informing you of that fact. <laughs> you haven't read it. <laughs> just to let everyone know. <laughs> <laughs> just to shame her for it. Um, she hasn't read it. But it's really well written. And it's, like, not centred around this idea of, like, having to come out. It's not centred around, like, the trauma of, like, having to come out to your family and having a family that doesn't accept you or any of those stereotypes that I think are or have recently been associated with young adult um, mm -hmm. gay 
stories, books, novels, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like with, like Love, Simon definitely did that, um, this idea that the story is the coming out and everyone's reactions and the friendships that break up because of it and the families that splinter because of it. Um, and as much as that is a real experience, I think moving the entire narrative away from that is probably a really good thing. I think it's just a, a dangerous narrative the way it's told right now because, first of all, I think it's misrepresentative because, you know, when someone comes out, they don't come out, like, once and it's done. Like, they come out all the time. Like, it's not, it's not an event. It's, like, just something that keeps on happening. And I think it also creates the idea that because there's this big emphasis on, like, you do it and it's happened and that's that, that you feel like you have to have such like, a strong grasp of your identity at such a young age. But, like, that's just so not the case. Like, you know, people change and people's perceptions of themselves change. And I don't know, it, it creates a binary where there isn't a binary needed, is my thought. And it just absolutely. And I think, I think there's another aspect of that is it creates in itself a pressure to even come out. Yeah, exactly. This expectation that you even have to. And I think when you get people reacting like, I'm, like in Love, Simon, someone, like one of his girlfriends or someone, um, girlfriends was the wrong term to use there, one of friends. his female <laughs> friends. Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. Thanks. One of his female <laughs> friends acts like he's, like, lied to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it creates this idea that, like, when if you if you don't come out, you're lying to, like, people you love and everything. Yeah. And I think that's an aspect of, like, the whole coming out narrative that's really, like, harmful. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think there's also this idea that it, if if these are the stories we tell where coming out has to be a big thing and a damaging thing to, like, those around you and, like, traumatic, we're also, like, it also seems to, like, give permission to people to react badly. Mm-hmm. Because if they've seen it in films, it's an okay reaction and, like, yeah, you know, that's a totally acceptable reaction to have to someone coming out. And it's, like, a humanised reaction. Like, they humanise those characters and they... they create sympathy for people feeling that way it's like oh well it's only because like you grew up like this and this and this and it creates a situation where people are like it's okay and they don't know it's not okay yeah yeah exactly it's like yeah it's like and especially because there's no um like this is the only example i can think of and it's a shocking example um hang on let me come up with a better one (laughs) i got nothing all right (laughs) we're going for it when you write stories about like the Holocaust and everything, and I'm aware this is a <laughs> yeah, really okay. bad example, but when you write stories about that, there's a very explicit aspect of like this wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. We write stories because we need to remember them, but it wasn't yeah. okay that it happened. Whereas, and I'm not by any means like um, equalizing these two. Like, there's no lines between them. It's just the only example mm-hmm. I can think of. Um, but in, like, these, like, coming out stories, and I'm using Love, Simon because it's, I think, the one that everyone knows the most, um, there's no, like, condemnation of people for responding this way. Yeah. There's no idea, like, hey, that was the wrong thing. And we're telling this narrative because people need to be aware, but we're also telling it with, like, a moral undertone of, like, that was the wrong way to respond. It's very much told in a, like, hey, everyone gets their own, like, opinion and, like, their yeah. own emotional response. And it's like, well, yeah, but no. I feel like it's also damaging because it creates the idea that that um, 
you know, it's like a learning experience for a homophobic person. And it's, it's like a chance for them to learn about other people. And it actually, it makes them, a straight person, the center of a story and an experience about a gay person. And like, that's just not on. Like, it's just not, yeah. it's, you know, let gay people have something that's for them and about them where the people who torture them and bully them aren't being humanized and aren't being sympathized with to make straight people more comfortable. Totally. And I think we um, we see this as well, and we've seen it really recently with Black Lives Matter and the narrative going around um, that it is not black people's job to educate white people. Exactly, yeah. It is white people's job to educate themselves. And the yeah. same, the exact same goes for straight people and gay people. It is not the gay person's job to teach you any. And it comes, it's the same, like, narrative of, like, um, when you, like, meet someone homophobic and someone's like, oh, I hope they have a gay kid so they learn. Oh, stop like, a child through that. No, let's not inflict that on a kid, all right? Like, I always like hear this not- with like, like really sexist boys and people will be like, when they have a daughter, they'll understand. It's like their poor daughter. She's not even born yes. and she has to teach this man about how to like care about a woman. No, that's ridiculous. Totally. Um, it's just, oh, it drives me nuts, that entire idea. Um, which is why I thought Love, Frankie was done so well because it's written without like there's definitely a coming out process for frankie within the book but it's not the key plot yeah it's also like you were saying it's shown as like a hey she has to come out every day she has to first like not Mm -hmm. has to but first she tells her sister (laughs) and then she tells her mum, and then she tells her dad and then her granny like spits the dummy about it which (laughs) classic they do Um, (laughs) um and like there's this awareness of the fact that it's a process but it's not the only process yeah exactly and more than this coming out process is this process of like Frankie falling in love for the first time and getting to decide who she is when she's in love mm-hmm. and like I remember it always comes back to me I think it's a George Michael quote but I I'm not certain of that um but it's this quote about like how his sexuality was always something that he like hated so much about himself because he's he'd never associated it with love he'd only associated it with like shame and being in the closet and all these things yeah. and yeah. then once he came out and fell in love he was able to realize like that it wasn't all these bad things and he was able to be like proud and mm-hmm. i think that's a really interesting like thing that's uncovered as well in love frankie is this idea that like when you associate it with love it doesn't become a bad thing yeah there's, there's i mean this is a, a tangent and a half but one of my favorite books, Orange is Not the Only Fruit by Jeanette Winterson, which if you haven't read it, read it. Um, it's about like a, a girl who's, who grows up in a really strict evangelical Christian household and is gay. And it's, you know, horrible things happen to her because of that. Very, very large trigger warning on that book, actually. And um, she, uh, when she first falls in love, she tells her mom and she's like, I'm in love with this girl and she's like no that's so shameful that's wrong you can't be like that and she's like well like how can it be wrong like how can God hate something that's love like this is love and for her when she's like 13 there's no separate like she can't understand how being gay could be wrong because she's like it's it's just love and I've been taught my whole life that love is God like why would that be wrong I, I don't know I feel like it's a very it just kind of goes to show that like homophobia is so taught because how can you like how can you create a narrative where being in love is sinful and wrong and shameful 
and yet they did it. Yeah, <laughs> they somehow, <laughs> somehow they, they figured it out. That's off to the end. That really, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Performance That's of the, the year. the magic of the century. Like, <laughs> um, I think... And I think that's so clear within like Love Frankie because she like tells her mum and her mum's like, that's great. Mm-hmm. Maybe let's not tell school. Like, let's yeah. not tell the kids at school. And you see her like kind of like really slowly come through this concept of like, oh, hang on a minute. Like, I'm being asked to keep this and there's a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because that makes me a target and all these things. Yeah. Um, but I still love that she doesn't focus on it. She doesn't care. And I think mm-hmm. that's just such a great representation of, like, I don't know how old she is. I think she's 12 or 13. Um, of just, like, a young kid being like, I don't care. I don't get why yeah. all you guys are upset anyway. Like, what's the problem? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that innocence really, like, adds to the impact of the novel um, when you're, like, reading it not as an innocent kid. Um, you're not innocent, so, yeah. Laura? <laughs> Shut up. Did we not establish, did you not two weeks ago go, have you read Fifty Shades of Grey? (laughs) That's why you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, so I just thought, yeah, I thought it was really well written and I think, like we said, it's been long awaited in this, mm-hmm. um, especially in like the preteen era, because I think we're covering it pretty well in um, our like post teen. Yeah, know, teen. I feel like in our young teen era and yeah. is like really on it with um, with diverse representation when it comes to sexuality. I mean, I said this to you the other day, but of you know the five books I read last week that I told you all about at the beginning of the show. Um, <laughs> Three of them, like it, there was a trans main character, a bi main, two bi main characters, and I think, yeah, um, like we're definitely covering it, and there's definitely a movement for it. Yeah. Um, and like these are like best sellers as well. Like they're sitting on like front table in the bookstore. Like yeah, it's not know, a niche not, anymore. No, it's not a niche, um, which is really great. Um, and I think also like our general like the way that authors now have a platform is kind of adding to that yeah it's um, like a personality thing like you see people yeah. like Juno Dawson who's known you know for her amazing books but also for being Juno Dawson yes and you also know that Juno Dawson's books are going to be diverse yeah exactly because she's diverse and she has opens conversations around diversity and she yeah. takes that portion of her job very seriously yeah um and so I think that's really interesting as well um and like, yeah, I think what you were saying before about how like this idea of like the coming out and how like sexuality is actually like quite fluid and coming out isn't actually even effective for some people mm-hmm. because they come out and then they're like, oh, wait, no. Yeah. <laughs> that, I made a was, that wasn't the right label for me. <laughs> yeah. so sorry. I made a mistake. <laughs> Misprinted. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Recall it all. Um <laughs> And I was telling you earlier about Juno Dawson coming to speak in Melbourne and she said that um, she said she, so she originally identified as a gay man and um, 
was researching for her book she wrote a few years back called This Book is Gay. I was doing all the research on like you know, what bisexuality is, what um, being a lesbian means, what being trans means, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and she like got halfway through the research for this book and was like, oh, God, I've just, I've just made a mistake. Like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm actually trans. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and I just love that, that it's this idea of someone who is like fully educated and fully like and is making a book to help others get to where she thought she was and then exactly. she realised she still had more to learn. Yeah. Um, and I just thought that was fantastic. Um, yeah, so I think, I don't know, I think it's all a really interesting topic to cover in preteen because I think there's a lot of sensitivity that comes with it at all. Um, and there's a way that she had to write it to make sure that parents would let their kids read it. Yes, and she did. That, that's why I feel like it has to be Jacqueline Wilson. I feel like she has such an established name and like a sense of security and so many books that I think people would feel secure. And even if, if they probably wouldn't even realise what it's about, but like <laughs> there, there, there's, there's ways that kids, are ac- kids will access it from backgrounds that maybe wouldn't be given access to kind of traditional gay literature because it's yeah. just a book. It's not like... Yes, exactly. Yeah, although I was surprised at her cover choice. Um, I was interested because I wasn't sure which way she was going to go with it because there are some authors that like kind of like it's like they're trying to sneak, sneak like veggies into like a bolognese where yeah, they like yeah. make it like a very like straight cover, straight romance cover and there's a boy and a girl on the cover and everything mm-hmm. and then like you get three chapters in and you're like, oh, hang on a minute. Um, and there's <laughs> no like... Right. <laughs> and there's no like explanation on the blurb of like the fact that it's a gay love story or anything but yeah. it's like Jacqueline Wilson went all out there is a rainbow like on like the inside of the cover the blurb says it all like it just says mm-hmm. like um you know the top line is she's my friend but I think I want more um and like there's no like pronouns like left out or anything yeah um and I think that's a really interesting choice for her that she was like no we're going all in yeah um yeah. So but I think it was the right choice. Yeah, I think it's the right choice too. Yeah. To to kind of wrap up, I mean, we're both passing this on. I feel like. Oh, I feel obviously. Like been established. Yep. <laughs> I would like to see more diverse books. I would like to be able to pass on a more diverse reading list than I had growing up to my kids. I feel like that's needed. But Love Frank is a good kind of start of that. I definitely agree. I think it's interesting because all the books that we want to pass on now are always going to have diversity issues because of the era they were written in, I think. Yeah, exactly. And not always. Obviously, those exceptions to the rules. But, like, yeah. we can't go back in time and make Jacqueline Wilson change the book she wrote. But I think we can mingle these in with newer, more diverse books. Yeah. Um, so, like, I'm definitely passing it on, but I think I would definitely make an effort well, more than an effort. Um, I think I would definitely be ensuring that there's other books that fill those gaps that Jacqueline Wilson leaves. Definitely, yeah. And luckily, there's going to be plenty more because children's literature is going in a really positive, good direction. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. Which is nice. I'm loving it. Me too. Yeah, so nice this was pretty much our whole love letter to Jacqueline Wilson in yeah. an hour, um, I guess. Jacqueline Wilson, please reply to my letters. Um, I've been waiting <laughs> for 10 years. And I'm getting a little bit impatient. So <laughs> if you're out there, uh, you know, I'm, I'm free. <laughs> I, want, I want to have a hug from you one day. <laughs> Post-COVID, obviously. 
Yeah. If you brought down Jacqueline Wilson with COVID, oh my God. I would never forgive you. Ever. I would never forgive myself. No, no, I would. Like, God. That's like oh the God. worst thing. You, yeah, that would just, yeah. that would end our friendship immediately. Would, yeah. The show would I'm end with you down. <laughs> Here Hi, is everyone. You Belong With Me, I think it is. I don't know. It's a guess. We'll see. It's something by Taylor Swift. Bye. <laughs> Bye. You're on the phone with your girlfriend. She's upset. She's going off about something that you said. She doesn't get your humor like I do. I'm in the room, it's a typical